The only difference between the ones who are struggling and the ones who've made it is the decision for that not to let them hold them back. In life, we have to transcend through the darkness in order to reach our full potential and get to the light. The one thing you should ever master in this world is people. The first step to growth is resistance. Because where there's fruit, there's life. So follow the fruit and you'll find life. That was the most humiliating and embarrassing time of my entire life. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ambitious Fits podcast. Uh, today's show is gonna be probably one of the best podcast episodes that you guys are gonna listen to since we started this entire thing. Before I introduce today's guest, uh, I want to say that one of the biggest things that has really inspired me about him that I've really just gravitated to his energy is he's doing things a whole lot differently. He's a faith-driven entrepreneur, a speaker, author, husband, one of the top real estate agents and business leaders in San Diego. You guys have seen him speak on stages at events. I have a list in front of me because I know as I was putting this thing together, I was like, man, what does this guy not do? He's a serial entrepreneur, social media influencer, my good brother, Mr. Gabe Mendez. Welcome to the Ambitious Fist Podcast. What's up, mate. bro? I love that, man. I was getting yeah. ready to amped up. Like, <laughs> put me up, coach. <laughs> man, I appreciate the time, bro. You know, we're, we're driving up here from uh, from the IE, I should say down here from the IE. And I was just, man, I was just getting so excited to, to, to be able to, you know, have you carve out the time, man. So we really appreciate the team and are here and we really appreciate take, you taking the time. So funny story, uh, when, when my assistant called me and she was like, hey, they're coming out here, we're gonna do a podcast together. We were like booked out weeks in advance, like calls and events. We're speaking like three or four times the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But when she dropped your name and said they want to interview, I said, clear the schedule, <laughs> get me on the show. I'm gonna be with my boy. Let's let's shed some light, let's shed some business. So, bro, the pleasure is just as mine as it is yours, man. Appreciate it. Thanks man. for having me no, on. No, thanks for yeah. thanks for having us. You know, San Diego to me has always held like a very close uh place in my heart. I don't know, I, I don't think you actually know this. I actually went to school out here. In San Diego? Uh, San Diego, North County, right? Oh, so way, I man. went to a military school in uh, in Carlsbad, Army Navy Academy. Oh, wait. Yeah. So I, it was one of the two military schools that I went up to growing up. But a short time after that, which was when we we connected with one of our buddies, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I lived in, in East Village in downtown for a good yeah, amount of time. East Village. Yeah. Uh, so how, how did you like that experience? Living in downtown, it was just something that I needed to check off my bucket list mm. because it was like, I love San Diego. The weather, who doesn't want to be here? I know. Who doesn't want to be building a business in San Diego? I know. It's you know perfect. What I mean? So yeah. it's something that I wanted to do. But, bro, let's get into it. Yeah. You know, let's, let, it, let's for, for the people that may not know Gabe, I always open up with this question. Tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit about your kind of like upbringing, and then what's led you to the position that you're at today. Yeah. The uh, thing about the story that's really important that I want everyone to take away today is, you know, the hearing that story of like a rough upbring upbringing, I, I don't really believe that there's any s definition of like normalcy anymore in today's world. Like everyone has a story. Everyone has a struggle. Everyone has something to happen to them. The only difference between the ones who are struggling and the ones who've made it is the decision for that not to let them hold them back. It's like, I see it. I acknowledge it. I'm not going to stay here and I'm just going to fight through it. And so I had the same story, man. Parents divorced. Um, my dad was overcommitted to the ministry at, at his church. Mm -hmm. So he was traveling all the time, going out, was never home. Mom was single, raising two kids. He overcommitted to the church. They argued a lot. They fought a lot. It got started getting verbal, started getting ugly. Mm -hmm. um, then one day he messed up after a few years, five years, and he cheated on her one time. So she was like, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. They divorced, got separated. I was about five years of age at that time. 
uh, raised by a single mother. We lived in a one bedroom apartment. She had two or three jobs. I resented her because she worked two or three jobs and she never saw me. So I was always at grandma's house and my tia's house. They picked me up from school. And by the time I got she got home from work at six, seven o'clock at night, yeah. I was tired and we never saw each other. So I was raised by my family, by my friends, and I just resented her, bro. Like all, I had held a lot of emotion, negative emotion towards her. Yeah. So growing up, got into a lot of fights, got arrested, DUIs. Um, I was very broken. I was a lot of just, 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 just lost is what it was. And my sister was seeing me like like this asshole to my mother. And thank God, thank God, she was amazing the entire time. And she was just showing me massive amounts of grace. So she would be patient. She would hold me. She would hug me. She would tell me she loves me. And so I was super grateful for that growing up because yeah. if I had a mom that was anything other like anything other than that, you and I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. 100% you and I would not be here today. Yeah. It was thanks to her grace, showing me love and holding on to me, saying, son, you're going you're gonna to do it. I love you. It's okay. That's Dude, beautiful. curse words. I was throwing things in the house. I was breaking things. I would leave the home for hours, even at even days, and she yeah. would know where I was at. Single mother, three jobs, two kids, one bedroom apartment, and her eldest is acting like this the entire time for years and years acting out. So I think most mothers out there would probably throw in the towel at that point. So I think one point that I want to share with all of you is that if you're a mother or a single parent, and you have a child who's nine to 15 at, the, at that time I was, between those ages, show them massive amounts of grace, massive amounts of love. They need, there's something inside of them that that person can't communicate to you. Um, they don't have the words, they don't have the humility, all that pain that they're harboring inside, it's covered by pride. So show love, show grace, continue showing up. It's gonna be hard for you on your end to do it, but at the very end, it's so worth it. You're going to go through a lot of fire, but that you need to go through that purifying process to get purified at the very end. That's what my mom did. And so wow. that was at the very young age. Um, and then as I grew up, very popular in middle school, very popular in high school, um, did the whole stuff, did the girl thing, did yeah. the party thing, did yeah. the fight thing. Got into party clubs and became a promoter for like clubs and tech TJ. <laughs> Why is it that every successful like like sales guy at some point has been some type of club promoter? promoter dude. <laughs> every every yeah, time, bro. bro, that's been happening so much, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You get the you get the comp drinks, you get the comp entrance. Yeah, you get to be the cool guy who brings all the girls in. Yep. You're like, dude, like I'm like I gotta wear a suit. And you, I in outside. the back end, you're building that CRM. Oh, bro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna drip on you, I'm gonna drip on you. <laughs> Not that kind of drip, but I'm gonna drip yeah. on you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, dude, so I ended up getting into all that. But that that popularity in high school was like this beautiful blessing because for four years I'm a big man on campus and I attended four different high schools. Mm. So this, and they're all in the South Bay. So I, d I developed like this, I, went, I ran through like, probably the word, wrong wording, but <laughs> I went, I, I did a lot of damage in the day back yeah. at different schools, but I, I built this popularity. So I have a huge following in South Bay, San Diego. And then once high school's finished, like that was my identity. Mm. Like, oh dude, that's Gabe, that's Gabe. Like I heard about him from Benita, Eastlake, Chula Vista, Hilltop. Like I know about this guy. He's a promoter for all these clubs in TJ. He's hosting all these cool parties. Like that's the guy. Mm. And uh, so when that, so when 18 happened, everyone graduated, 19 happened, around 20 is when I was like, dude, my whole identity's gone. Like, I'm not in college. I'm no longer the big man on campus. Mm. I'm following all these people online 
they're going, they're flying off to colleges, they're going over here, they're getting jobs, they're doing internships. And in my head, I'm watching all these people I'm like, dude, wait, wait, but what about me? Like you guys aren't paying attention to what I'm doing anymore. Mm. But I wasn't doing anything in, anything significant or impactful. So my whole significance was being popular in high school. And I quickly saw myself losing my value because I had so much um, value in that, mm. that once that was taken, like, well, who, where's my identity? And I was confused and I was lost. And then now they're going to all these different colleges, these people that I was following. And now there's other big men on campuses on those things, accomplishing newer things, uh, uh, getting drafted to D1 schools, like, and, and they're playing college football. And yeah. they're I'm like, and I'm just sitting here doing what? Yeah. So that, that pain inside started building that resentment. I'm like, dude, I'm such a loser. I'm such this. What am I doing with my life? That pain started to develop again. And I got angry. I'm like, what are you freaking doing? Have you heard it? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard it, bro. That song by 50 Cent, um, where he goes, damn, homie, in high school, you I was, was a man. man yeah, homie. Yeah, yeah. Fuck happened to you. You know, like that song. Yeah. And when I heard that song when I was like 21, it shit just hit different. I was like, oh, damn. I was, what happened to me, homie? I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I was the man in high school. Yeah. And that shit's all gone. And so I needed to reestablish value again in the marketplace. So I had to rebuild. I had to look within. And that whole journey was a six, seven year journey in itself. Let, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because you, you highlighted something that to me, I, I feel like this conversation has been happening a lot. Right now, I'm going through like this embodiment rebuild. It's called the rebirth of the soul-centered entrepreneur, right? And what we learned early on is as individuals, everybody goes through this. We go through seven-year developmental cycles, right? The first seven years uh, from birth to seven, you go through a physical development. And then the next seven years, you go through a, 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 a uh, mental development, right? And then the, the, the uh, 14 to seven, or I'm sorry, 14 to 21, you go through a, a uh, men- another mental type of development. I'm, I'm forgetting the words right now, right? But you go, through these, you go through these different developmental cycles, right? And our job is, is business owners, as individuals, right, as humans is to understand the past traumas that we've been through right right now you highlighted something that you said you had to go through within right what are some things that you have done to go back and maybe recapture those times where maybe you went through a trauma or you felt like you were going through something right because in order to succeed in a business in order to succeed in a relationship or anything right? We hear this word healing, right? You have to heal. You have to rebirth yourself. You have to recreate yourself if you're an artist, right? What are some things that you do to, when you go through like a trauma to rebuild yourself and kind of like get out of that funk, if you will? So looking back at it, the biggest thing for me was um, the pain of losing that that identity. Hmm. So it was so harsh for me during that time to lose my identity. This cool guy, dude, like had a nice car, had a Beamer, mm. had a dope sound system. I was promoting every single nightclub in TG that was popping back in the day. Like I was the big man on campus. Everyone wanted to rock with me. Like I had all, all my boys were like heavy hitters and what they were doing. And to have all that taken away and to have no one look and no one care anymore. Mm. It was like this empty feeling on the inside that nothing could fill. Mm. So I went out drinking and partying, fighting, like just trying to find significance is what it was. And I couldn't find significance in anything. Like, who am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. Why do I even exist? 
I, I'm not going to college. I'm not majoring in anything. I don't have these big sports. I'm not winning these awards. And so that rebirthing process came from this amount of pain inside that, who am I? So I went on this journey after that of discovery, the discovery process. And in 2000, so 2008, I was 21, got a couple of DUIs, in and out of jails, fighting, a bunch of dumb shit I shouldn't have been doing at that time. And then around 24, two years later, uh, 2011-ish, 2012-ish, a buddy introduced me to multi-level marketing. Hmm. The biggest blessing in my life, yeah. probably top three biggest blessings in my life yeah. was that, was multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing should be a prerequisite for life. If you, if you yeah. want to get out of high school and go into life, you have to probably go through one year to two years at a high level of multi-level marketing. Why? Personal development, communication, sales skills, mental fortitude, being able to be a tough person mentally, which is like 90% of the game yeah. all up here. Yeah. The being a around a collective group of people who are ambitious. They have big goals. They talk this foreign language that no one else talks. They, they dress differently. They eat differently. They, they sleep and wake up differently. No other industry is doing that. Yeah. Multi-level marketing has all, it's like the one industry that you can go to and you get paid in direct proportion to your skill set and your effort every single day. It doesn't matter if you have, if you have a job, um, like let's say you're a, uh, um, I don't know, you have a job, you get capped. It's like my effort doesn't directly re reflect it. Yeah. Multi-level marketing, you go out there, you recruit, you build, you teach, you train, you duplicate again and again and again and again. And guess what? The organization starts to grow and grow and grow. And the people who are beneath you start to, start to see more fruit, more fruit. And your only ceiling that you have is you. Your, your beliefs. Can you, can you see bigger? Do you have a bigger vision? Can you think bigger? Can you develop your skills more? Can you develop one person but can do it twice? Is it systematized? Yeah. Um, what about sales skills? Can you close? What about verbal and nonverbal communication? Yeah. What about how to lead? What if you have different personality types? Someone who's a very strong ass and doesn't want to talk to you, face who doesn't want to keep who doesn't want to have hugs. I don't want the kumbaya. I don't want any of that stuff. Get out of my way. I'm going to go dominate. Are you okay putting your ego in check to have one of your people beneath you build them all the way up? Mm. Or are you going to keep them down on purpose because your ego's in place? Mm. Multi-level marketing needs to be a prerequisite for life before you can go out into the world and do anything because of all those different facets. So a buddy was like, dude, like you have heavy influence. Like you, people know you. Just start making some calls and join multi-level marketing with me. And I went to a thing, caught me at a deep, uh, deep moment in my life where I was super dark and deep. Needed a lot of help. My dad wasn't around. He was in and out of prison. Um, still trying to find myself. So he invites me to this, uh, this little party. All right. So they have this warehouse shut down. They have BMWs all outside. Yeah. People freaking walking up in jeans and a button-up shirt with like these dress shoes and a blazer and these pins all on their jacket. And uh, they're walking like the big man on campus inside this thing. And I'm just sitting there back like just jealous AF dog. Hell, I'm like, who's this cat think he is, bro? Like. Yeah, nobody type shit in my head. And uh, so this big old warehouse in downtown San Diego, all these BMWs outside, and, and they brought this closer to close out the entire event. So we're going through this whole process and, you know, it's like, hey, sit down. They start passing out these shakes. Like, hey, try this one, strawberries, the peanut butter. 
I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, all right, I, I just see all these happy people yeah. in this venue. Like, you can tell who was part of the team. They're wearing t-shirts. Yeah. They're happy. They're high. They're all in. They're, they're all, all in. in. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Create this atmosphere. I sit down. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck are these people doing, dude? Yeah. It's like, they're they're on this. They were so happy. It was weird. It's like you can't. You have to be. You have to be almost mentally ill to think that you can be this happy every single day. You have to be fake. Yeah. I didn't know that you could have actually have that kind of peace. I thought that yeah. you had to have some sort of like, that you had to be negative, you had to be sad and bad. I thought that was my reality. The truth is that was just my reality because I chose to be that way at that time. I didn't, I didn't realize your heaven and hell is actually on earth. Hmm. You can choose to have heaven on earth. You can choose to have hell on earth. However you decide to interpret what happens to you. And so there, they brought this closer up. Close up the whole show. He does this exercise. He says, close your eyes. Everyone stand up. He puts this music on in the background, very low. Distinctly remember all of it. He brings down his voice, starts talking to the mic. Hey, I want all of you to close your eyes. Now, go down this path. You're on a dirt road. There's green pastures to your right. There's trees to your left. It's just dirt in front of you. And in front of you, there's this huge mountain. Play this music. Just slow drums. And you finally get closer. And there's a shadow in the distance. Keep walking. Start walking closer. Get closer. You're getting closer. Now you can start to see the face. It's an older person. And you get closer and you get closer. Keep walking down the dirt. What does the dirt feel like on your feet? Smell the, smell the trees. You can hear the birds chirping. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. And you hear everyone just quiet. You're at that figure now. And it's you. It's you when you're 90 years old. Mm. And it's you looking at you right now. Mm. saying I'm proud of you you went through everything you still made it mm. what do you want you to tell you right now what would you like to know what would you do differently what would you have done to your mom differently your dad differently mm. how would you have done your life differently boom wakes everyone up bawling everyone's bawling bro you almost got me bawling dude <laughs> I, i'm listening to you and i'm getting i'm getting goosebumps yeah so I, I wake up from this little trance and he's like if you have this feeling in your stomach that you're meant for something bigger you're meant for something different don't let this talk you out of it this is your sixth sense go with it hmm. and i'm just sitting there bawling in the back bro mad as shit you're fighting it bro yeah just you're fighting, fighting it you're dog. fighting it resistance fighting it. the first the first step to growth is resistance i'm resisting it the entire time mm -hmm. back there dude and then finally just i i leave and uh, I just hear that in my head. If you felt it in your gut, don't let it go. Act on it. Act on it. Act on it. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go all in. So it was like 600 bucks to sign up. There was like two packages. One was like 199 One was like 600 yeah. I didn't have the money. My boy's like, I'm going to charge you my credit card, bro. He's like, your first paycheck. Just pay me back. So he sponsors me into this multi-level marketing business. And then you have this whole get, get started training process. Right. They get you onboarded, onboarded they teach you yeah, the processes, yeah. you order your stuff, they teach you how to pitch your first party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you gotta call everyone up him having this party. Call Come on over, mom, bro. Mom, brother, sister, cousins, yeah, yeah. Up, you call like, your best friend from high school. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, bro, what's hey, up? Man, I just started this I've been talking to them. Yeah, I just started. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I've been talking like the script was like, the script was like, hey man, and I just thought about you first, bro. Like, what's up, man? Come on by. Well, what is it, bro? I can't tell you too much. I don't want to ruin it for you, but you gotta come by and check it out anyways, bro. What? Like it was weird, right? But I packed that party out. And I believed in that moment, like, this is it. This is my vehicle. I'm going to change lives. Mm. I'm going to help people lose weight, get six packs. I'm going to help big people lose weight. Uh, small people get bigger. And we're all going to drive a bunch of BMWs. Yeah, I crushed it, dog. Fucking crushed it. 
got the BMW in 90 days. I was making like 4,000 a month. Um, they're putting me on stages. I started getting like this level of this feeling of significance back. Mm. And I started believing again, my mind, but the mindset was different. Mm. Before when I had that level of significance, this wasn't developed and neither was this. Emotionally, I was broken back then. Mentally, I couldn't handle it. Now I'm being developed on how to handle it. Now I'm the emotion, the, the emotional portion is, is becoming more grounded. Mentally, I can handle that amount of, uh, of, uh, of no's. You said you were gonna uh, have a challenge party and you didn't have a challenge party. I was able to handle that now. And I'm putting me on stages on top of it. I'm like, if I just get better, this is a small taste of what I did in 90 days, what can I do in two years? And so I just went to work after that. And so that was like that seven year journey process of that pain started everything. It was so heavy, but I didn't wanna let the pain kill me to where I woke up one day and said, what if? Hmm. That's my biggest regret in life, bro, is regret. Regret regret you know that's that's it, it's crazy how like you say you started it, it's not crazy to say it, it's interesting to that because a lot of people have this this mindset about multi-level marketing but i love that you say that it's, it has to be a prerequisite because you're developing in so many different ways now trent latin let's keep going now right when or how have you pivoted because right now obviously there's a lot of people pivoting mm. in business there's a lot mm. of people pivoting in the market Interesting times are upon us, yeah. right? As we transition. So how did you shift from selling the shakes to getting into real estate? Selling these shakes and um, a buddy of mine, he sees this downline that I have and this huge organization that I have. Mm. And he says, dude, you're doing these parties at night. What are you doing during the day? And I was living my best life during the day, bro. I was going to like to the beach. I was yeah. working out like two or three times at the yeah. gym. I had like all these memberships to different gyms, just for, like no reason. And uh, uh, was, was it was it to go was it go hit different gyms so that you could recruit and recruit and different people, people, man? Just talk yeah. to different people, bro. Yeah. Like I just want to be in front of people. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, you know, I, I, oh, is that the right form you're supposed to be doing? I had yeah. no idea. I've been doing it this way, man. No way. How long have you come to the gym? Have a conversation, bro. Mm. Your back is killer, dude. Like, what's your yeah. exercise that you're doing? Yeah, yeah. The gym next time you see him, what's up, dude? Like, so, anyways, yes, meet me, people. He's like, dude, what are you doing with your time? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, why don't you just come be my assistant at the office? Hmm. And luckily, thank God, I was humble enough to where I'm like, I'm not going to say no to the opportunity. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. I, so I showed up to the office. I was his assistant at the office. I did all of his transacting coordinating. I, did, I answered um, all the phones, all the emails. I did the process for the files. I learned it all. And then he said, I'll pay you 500 per file. So how many files do you want to do? I'm like, I'll do as many as I can. I'm like, if I can make, I'm like, 12 hour days. Dude, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, bro, if I can grind from 7 a.m. to like 5 p.m. at the office and I can do like four to five files per month, that's like 3,500. I'm making like four grand at this whole shake business. I can be crushing and making like seven or 8,000 and I'm only 24. Yeah. I bet, put me in coach. Well, that was pretty stupid. So I developed an eye twitch within like six months of like working in real estate, bro. <laughs> my eye still twitches to this day. I was so stressed out, my eyes started twitching. Uh, I, I started like, bro, just, I started aging really fast at this company. I'm like, bro, I can't deal with this. People are losing their houses. Mm. I'm calling these people, they're crying and all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, this is too freaking emotional for me. Yeah. And, then, and then this beautiful thing happened, dude. Um, one day I went to go pick up these docs to get them signed from this lady. And I go to her house and, um, and like, she's bawling, dude. She's losing her house. We have to do like the short sale. So I go back to the office and I ask this guy, I'm like, dude, what's going on with this short sale stuff? What, what's, why, are, why is everyone that you're working with, why are they all sad? And he told me, well, 
in 2004, five and six, they were all uh, victims of predatory lending and they all received bad loans, didn't understand what they were signing. This is mm. why majority of the people you see are Hispanic and they just didn't know. Mm. I'm like, fuck. And I sat back, dude, I'm like, that's what happened to me in 2007. My mom bought a house for us in 2005. She was like, mijo, mijo, yeah, we bought this house. And it's my sister and her and us, she's like, number one bedroom apartment. Yeah. You can finally have this house. Cause she had seen me go to all my friends' houses big homes, pools, they had Playstations, they had Xboxes. We didn't have that, dude. Right. But finally, my mom was able to buy this big house for us. I'm like 18, 17, or 16, whatever it is. She buys this house. And within two years, there's already signs in the front yard, sheriff's knocking at the front door. Wow. I remember one time the, the sheriff rang the doorbell and I'm like, mom, the police are outside. She's like, mijo, get away from the door. Get away from the window. Don't say anything. Turn off all the lights. Stay quiet. I didn't understand what was happening back then. And Looking back, I'm really mad that I didn't know because I've had I known, I would have stepped up. But she was being such a good mom and protecting my sister and I, like sheltering us. She didn't let us know that she was losing the house. Yeah. Bro, can you imagine that amount of pain that you'd have to feel yeah. to like remain that quiet to not tell your, your son and your daughter we're losing your home? Like you just bought the house 24 months ago. You're seeing all my friends come over. Mm. You're seeing me enjoy the fruits of your labor, mom. And now it's all gone in two years. And you don't, you, and she has to carry that weight inside her heart. Like she has to carry all that weight. I'm like, dude, that's incredible. That's a powerful woman. Yeah. So I see all that happen and I relate to these people that are losing their homes and I ask my buddy, I'm like, dude, how could this have been prevented? Mm. He's like, well, if just someone would have done the right thing and not given them loans. Yeah. So I, I thought to myself, all right, I want to be that guy. I want to be the hero. So I got my license December of 2013. I transitioned out of MLM. I transitioned out of assistant work. I got my license, got into the real estate business. That shit was really hard. Yeah. I only sold three houses in 2014. Uh, one was to a lady I cold called. She let me list her home. I hosted many open houses, picked up a buyer lead from that, closed her. And then the third one was my mom in 2014. Yeah. So almost eight years, yeah, almost eight years after she lost her house, we bought another house. Wow. So the third one was that was her. And then, but I struggled, dude. And I was like, this is freaking tough, man. Like, so all 2014, I let go of MLM to go all in in real estate. I get three sales and I just can't take it. It was just too heavy. Go through a deep, dark depression. My dad's just getting out of prison again for the last time. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to depression for like three months. And I go back to getting a job. Hmm. I go back to getting a job, dude. How did that feel? Because that could be for a lot of people. There may be someone, there may be somebody going through that right now where they need to, they were in entrepreneurship or they were a business owner, independent contract, some sort. And they now have to swallow that, that pill, that horse pill to now have to go back to a job. How did you go through that? How did you stomach that? I needed... I needed stability. So I did multi-level marketing. So had a humongous downline, hmm. 300 clients. I had 80, 90 uh, distributors underneath me. Had the BMW, had the stages, traveling the country, speaking on multiple stages, different places. Had this really well-known name in the multi-level marketing name and business. So if you scroll back on my Instagram, you'll see all that activity. It's all back there. Kept it all on there on purpose. on oh, Facebook yeah. too. Um, so I had all that stress through that whole process. I let all that go because I'm like, well, if I can make one sale, it'll two or three times X what I'm doing right now. And, and for the amount of stress, it's just not worth it. Hmm. So I'd rather just go into real estate and pursue that and make a difference. 
I want to be the guy who's going to advocate for those who don't have a voice. Another mom won't feel that pain. And there won't be another son as embarrassed as I was who's going to feel that pain. So I'll be that guy. So I sold those three houses, but it was hard. And the mentor that I had at that time was shit, 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 shit. Mm. Bro bought me on. I'll be there for you. I was booking appointments mm. on the phone. Yeah. Dude would never show up to the appointments. He would cancel last minute. I, bro, there's just one time I booked this listing appointment with this lady and I had no idea what to do. He cancels like five minutes before he's supposed to show up. My like, dude, where are you at? He's like, I'm not going to make it. It's like the third or fourth time he's done this already. Mm. I, I can't, let's go. So I walk inside this last one. I'm there for three hours just trying to do whatever I knew for multi-level marketing, which build rapport with her. Find something in common. Go look around her house. Oh, this is nice. And sit there for three hours. We talked about her fucking cat. We talked about every family member she had on the wall. We sat there at three hours and nothing happened afterwards. I'm like, okay, well. And I don't even remember how we ended it, but I left. And then like the next day, she's like, hey, I'm going to go with someone else. Thanks for your time. I'm like, dude, three hours. I, just, I remember just throwing in the towel. Like, I'm done. Like, this is just too stressful. I'm depressed. I'm not making money. It's not consistent. So I actually needed the stability. I was letting go of my fitness game. I was going to a deep, dark hole. I was drinking and partying. I was taking the new girl out every single weekend, yeah. blowing through all my savings. I put like $40,000 in credit debt. So I went into massive debt the final quarter of 2014. So if you scroll back on my, on my Instagram, go look at the final quarter of 2014, you're gonna be seeing me in a new outfit. You're gonna see me popping bottles at every single club. That was my depression stage. Wow. So going back at it, you'll see the depression stage. You'll see me dressed up every weekend. You'll Would see you say that that was a way of masking what you were really kind that's, of going That was masking the pain. Yeah. And I need it. And then finally, I get this this email, this letter that says, hey, they have this position open at this at this state entity. So if you'd like to take it, it's a salary. You get your uh, benefits, uh, weekends off. You're off at 5.30, every, 5 o'clock every single day. That little drug that they feed you. That little sounds, sounds, sounds like the dream, right? Sounds like the dream, yeah, baby. Sounds like the dream. All right. Put me in, coach. Yeah. So I gladly took it. Yeah. Gladly took it. I'm like, get me out of this whole world. Give me back to stability. And I needed that foundation though, man. Believe it or not, I needed the foundation of waking up with intent, going to bed with purpose, uh, leaving the office, going to the gym right afterwards, feeling accomplished every single day. And I needed that. Yeah. And and then I needed it. And so I did that for like five and a half months, almost six months. So you 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 highlight something that stood out to me there. And you said the word foundation, right? I had, we were talking about mentorship, surrounding yourself with the right people. I had a great mentor that I always bring up, Sam Bakhtiar, owner of the owner of the Camp Transformation Center, world-class bodybuilder. And he instilled in me as a mentor, uh, my core, he helped me identify my core principles, right? Faith, family, fitness, finance, fulfillment, and fun. Okay. And you say foundation. And one of the things that as we kind of transition, because again, we want to trans, we have to, in life, we have to transcend to the to the to, through the darkness in order to reach our full potential and get to the light. My question to you is faith. One of the things I love about you guys, your wife, your family, like you guys are very faith driven. You're not scared to talk about that, right? Talk about maybe one or two things that highlighted like, cause you had to have faith through all that, right? You, your background, I, I know you said your dad was in the ministry and stuff like that. Maybe one or two um times that that 